Hello, this is Paul. And this is Connor. And welcome to Silver Screamers, your decade spanning, genre hopping film podcast. <laughs> That's a work in progress, that intro. <laughs> changing that, we're changing that. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. This is a bit of an experiment. We are hoping to uh, create a film podcast, a weekly film podcast, which may be ambitious. But we have a format that we're going to explore. Uh, so we're going to take uh, a genre every month. And then for the four weeks in that month, we're going to take a decade, a different decade, and explore films from that decade. Yeah, so for example, we said genres are first, so that might that might expand to themes so we might pick comedy as an easy example and one week we'll do a comedy from the 1990s and the next week it'll be uh, it can be any decade apart from the 1990s so that's four a month um, and they have to be off from different decades and we will explore the film maybe go through a bit of the history and then go through a beat by beat by critiquing it essentially seeing what we like and then we are going to compile a list and that's going to be the interesting part because uh, Connor and I sometimes disagree. Is that fair to say? Uh, well, we totally disagree on what we like. Um, we don't really have the same taste in films at all. So it's going to be interesting to see this list that's going to stem from our discussions and debates and arguments. See, this is ironic, but I kind of disagree with you <laughs> because I think we do agree. I think there's a trend. The thing we really agree on is that we both like a good cheesy horror movie. Yeah, you want yeah, you always want to watch horror films and I I like a good horror film, but I think I've been yeah. There's a lot of crappy horror films. I feel like we we generally want to see the same films in the cinema. Um and I think in general no, I think in general, like there we, there would be minor disagreements. But I would think that in general, like I, we would both come out of the cinema saying yeah, that was good, or no, it wasn't. We rarely, we'd completely disagree, no? I think we can probably both recognise a good movie when we come out of the cinema, but whether or not we've both enjoyed it, or we both think it's good, that's a different story. So we decided to make a podcast, basically, to air our uh, differences. We are going to come up with a list, and we are going to have to come up with a format to... So the list, so the first few weeks won't be difficult, because, you know, the first film that we critique will go to number one and the second film will just be a case of which is is it better or worse than the last one but i think you know when we we're coming to 10 and even 20 that's when it's going to be what if we get to 100 <laughs> and we have to say well do you remember number 49 was this and number 67 was that that's going to be interesting yeah and that's when then we're going to have to use our our powers of persuasion you have to remember to write these down because we probably overlook some basic detail like that and say what the hell did we do last week what do you mean we have to remember to write down our list of course it'll be on our website (laughs) (laughs) which Which we we will update all the time (laughs) which we will update at the end of every podcast with our list obviously that goes without saying so I think we probably, for the list, which is probably going to be the part where we argue the most, we will have to come up with a criteria. So, Connor, what things should we, um, what things do you think we should take into account? We'll come up with a list. It doesn't have to be finite. So score, for instance, I think would be something. Would that be something you would agree with? Score is in the music for the film. Yes. 
like scoring the film one out of ten. No, I don't like the idea of scoring it because that because the thing is, if you if you make your first few podcasts and you say something's a seven, well, that is your standard for the rest of it going on, and I, I just think it can get messy. So I just think putting them in in a list is more fun. Fair enough. And then you always have to pick one that's worse or better, as opposed to just saying it's the same. So I think score is, or you know, judging a film based on the the music is going to be well that's going to be difficult actually because you're not necessarily always aware of the music while you're looking at the film but we're going to be looking at these films with a critical eye so i'm just saying i'm not saying score is the number one i'm just putting it out there that that is a factor we're never going to enjoy a friday night movie ever again (laughs) so okay so score is one anything what would you another another thing obviously acting ability or the the performance i suppose yeah performance anything else uh themes i suppose themes covered that's not really something you can rate though that's just yeah yeah. um i would say script cinematography you can just come up with this list okay um cinematography score performance script cinematography maybe that's enough well that's enough for the moment anyway but but we we can add things to it yeah yeah this is yes Uh, and i think it is important that we might you know that we might find our structure is awful (laughs) 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 <laughs> so yes we, we we reserve the right to adapt <laughs> okay so to get to know us a little bit better in the intro podcast uh we are we have come up with 10 films that we would bring to a desert island and one film that we love that everyone else hates and one film that we hate that everyone else loves so Khan, do you want to go through your 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 films, your, t- your your films that you would bring to a desert island. My first one is, and you probably know what my first one is. It's Hocus Pocus, is it? It's Hocus Pocus from '93, I think. <laughs> and no one is going to listen to our podcast <laughs> ever again. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and people are going to be like, "Oh my god, you didn't put Goodfellas or Godfather or Metropolis or something like that down?" No, Hocus Pocus, 1993. Love that film, and it's my number one film to bring to desert island okay so well, no i think that's okay okay there is a di- you can separate well i can <laughs> separate a film that you love that that you find has a special meaning to you but recognize that maybe it's not the best film in the world and that's fine and these films that we wrote down are the ones that we just that just have a special place in our heart so that's i love how Hocus focus is a fun film it's a great film and it's kind of well there's a musical element to it so yeah, score or yes uh, yeah, is decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's brilliant. Isn't it? Yeah, that Miller's great, and I think all three of the all the witches are actually really good. In it. Yeah, I think the the other characters maybe uh, let it down a little bit. On are there other characters in that film? Well, there's three main characters. Although the little girl is brilliant, and I'll have to. She's actually really good. Thora Birch. Thora Birch. Yes. We can have that too. Uh, okay, yeah. So focus, focus. That's fine. Uh, okay. So my second film would be Twelve Angry Men from the nineteen fifties, which is, I think, just a really good. Uh, well, would, it, would you call it a courtroom drama? It's not really set in a courtroom. The first five minutes are in a courtroom, and the rest is in the uh, the chambers um, with the twelve jurists thrashing out whether or not this individual is guilty. But it's just a really interesting dynamic. And I always thought that it was, I, I've heard a little bit of trivia about this film where to increase the tension for the actors and for the cinema goers, 
they used to inch in the walls from very in you know throughout the movie they would be inching in the walls so it got more claustrophobic so i just thought it was a great movie yeah that's it is great i only saw that uh, i saw that as a teenager and then i saw it again about uh, three or four months ago and yeah it, it's fantastic it's it's really fantastic interesting i'm just looking at our criteria of score performance script and cinematography performance and script is is, is top notch but I, I can't think of the score does it even have one and certainly the cinematography you know it's, it's basically one location so there you go that's interesting um i would call that not necessarily i would call that just like a study on um prejudice really that's what i would call that and, and, and human behavior um, yeah great film okay so my next film well my next two films actually are sci-fi films and you're probably going to get a common theme with me that i really enjoy sci-fi films but the first is uh star trek 6 the undiscovered country and pro- it's the last of the kirk era uh films uh, except for the new ones obviously they're set in the kirk times again but of the old 1960s cast of Star Trek it's the final one in their series and it's by far the best it's the best storyline now I do have a friend who would disagree with me and say that Ratha Khan was the best but from my perspective this is the best it has uh, politics it has action adventure and really good chemistry between the cast and they all kind of understood that it was probably their last time out so uh, they all delivered really good performances sorry sorry I just fell asleep there sorry <laughs> Fuck you, fuck you, Paul. <laughs> Only joking. Have I seen that one? Because I know I saw a good few of those all together, um, but I can't remember which one was which. I don't actually know if you've seen that one. Okay, um, okay what's the other uh, sci-fi? Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Uh, I think most people say that Episode 5, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, is the best, but I quite enjoyed uh, the final one. Uh, uh, I, I'm not a Star Wars uh, buff even though I, I enjoy i've seen them all and I, and I haven't seen the the prequels i enjoy them all but i i always thought i was i thought that that was meant to be the weakest of the original three traditionally is that correct um yeah i think people do say that but i always thought kind of episode four was kind of boring i didn't think a lot happened in that episode four i thought episode five was obviously brilliant and that's the luke i am your father episode but uh for me episode six was um was the best it had the final conflict the final battle between darth vader uh luke and the emperor which i thought was pretty good battle and you could see a massive progression from the lightsaber battle now nothing compared to the more modern ones the lightsaber battles in the modern ones are much much superior but for back then uh episode four there's a short lightsaber um fight between obi-wan kenobi and darth vader at the end or near the end um which is just awful and in episode six then you've got the lightsaber battle with darth vader and luke which is much much better so that's why i and i actually i really like the theme music at the end of it for some reason that always just sticks in my head when they win the the battle yeah. with all the what are the little aliens called the ewoks the ewoks yeah no I, I i yeah i was never a star wars i enjoyed star wars i just it wasn't something i was ever obsessed with or anything but yeah star wars are good films i see your list and the next one I think is possibly on mine. If it isn't, it would have. It was on the the go on. Yeah, Jurassic Park, obviously, nineteen ninety three, and I was nine when this movie came out. Giving away my age, and I actually, <laughs> I actually went to see this twice in the cinema. <laughs> I remember this story. And the first time was fine. I went, and that was no problem. And then the second time, my aunt wanted to see it, so we all went back to the cinema with myself my brother my mother and my aunt 
and I was sitting in the cinema just before the movie was about to start and I just had a bit of a panic attack and had to leave the cinema because I re- was remembering that kitchen scene with the velociraptors. Uh, so I had to leave the cinema and dragged my mom to Hot Shots Part 2 instead. <laughs> Which my mother has never let me for, you forget to this day. She's never forgiven me for dragging her to that piece of crap. So that's not on your list now? That's not on my list, no. Is that a sequel to Hot Shots Part Two? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> well done. Yes, it is. Yes. It's Hot Shots it was just called. But yeah, right, it is. Okay. okay. okay uh, next on your list? Uh, the next one is The Lion King, which is a fantastic movie. And still haven't seen the musical, which I really want to see. Uh, but that was probably that is probably my favorite Disney movie of all time. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, we are of the age where we grew up during the Disney Renaissance. Um, I have a different film from that era on my list. I'll talk about that later. But yes, The Lion King is, I would say, an almost perfect cartoon. Uh, the next this is a good list for the I most part. It's a good list. I know it's a good list. It's my list. Uh, so number seven would be Alien or Aliens, either one. I don't really mind. They're both fantastic. The reboot of this franchise, I know you like it, I don't, but um, the originals were cracking. Yeah, I uh, enjoy the new ones. Um, I don't think they're as awful as people say, but I they're not a patch on the original. I would recognize that. And... Um, Sigourney Weaver was such a, was amazing in those films and they just haven't been able to replace her I think well I don't know if it's just Sigourney Weaver I just think they they've lost what Aliens was they've lost the suspense they've lost the the mystique and now it's just kind of like an a fairly average sci-fi horror movie um, I think Michael Fassbender is really good in the new ones but um, I think that's about it. I, I, yeah, I see. I, I think, in fairness, I think they're they're trying to just not be static and make the same film over and over. They're trying to evolve it, and it's maybe been a bit clunky the way they're doing it. But if they were just, I don't think they would be able to just do the same thing and have it be as good as the originals anyway. And to be fair, Alien and Aliens are nothing like each other anyway. They're two totally different films. Yeah, true. But um, I think Alien Covenant was okay. I think it was more coherent and cohesive as a story. I don't think Prometheus was good at all. I think it made no sense and it was just all over the place. And you really liked it. I didn't really like it. I just, there was elements in it that I loved and there was awful elements. And I was able to uh, balance it out to kind of think it was okay. Well, I think perhaps for you, you just saw the awful elements and they ruined the rest of it, which is completely understandable. Okay, so my next one... I don't really know why this is on my list. I just always really enjoyed it as a movie. It was The Negotiator. Uh, I've not seen that. Samuel L. Jackson, and he's a, he's a hostage negotiator, and um, oh, what's his name? How's the cards? <laughs> oh, you're going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey. Uh, Kevin Spacey and Samuel L. Jackson, and Kevin Spacey is framed for a crime and takes hostages oh i have seen that but he actually hasn't rough mm, spoiler (laughs) i am telling that the wrong way around samuel l jackson is framed and uh kevin spacey is the negotiator oh no no this is not what i it's not where he's in the bank at the end he was there the whole time or anything was it no that's clive owen in a different movie Okay, never mind. I, I've never seen Negotiator. I've never even heard of the Negotiator. Well, we should watch it. It's good. 
Okay. Number nine will be the Emperor's New Groove, and you've only seen you've only seen this recently. Yes, and I loved it. It was it's a brilliant movie, and it I don't know I don't think it was Disney. Was it Disney? It is Disney. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I think Eartha Kitt was fabulous in it. And yeah, I mean I loved it because of Eartha Kitt. I and I yeah and whoever Crunk was it Crunk? Crunk. Yeah. Um, oh, he's another actor who's been in lots of different things. He he played the Tick actually in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I couldn't care less about the emperor in that film i was just like waiting for the bad guys but yeah 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 and i think uh john goodman is in it he plays the main uh peasant character in it yeah okay yeah okay i like john goodman i can't really yeah okay pull the lever crank great and okay and your last one these aren't in any order by the way are they apart from hocus pocus being one <laughs> am i right i mean they are uh, i didn't write an order for mine what's your number 10 no, they're not really in an order. Um, my number 10 is a movie which I used to rent from the the, uh, the local chart busters or I think Extravision. And whenever my grandmother used to come over to babysit us, she, we, she used to bring us to the uh, Extravision store. And I used to always want this movie. It was um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Secret of the Ooze. It was like part of the original trilogy of teenage mutant ninja turtle movies that the live action one yes i've never ever seen any of them oh well there's another one we're going to have to rent out and they look awful (laughs) they are pretty bad but they have a certain nostalgia for me do you know i actually had the novelized i never they were right when i was a kid i never saw them but as a christmas present or something i somehow got the like do you remember you don't see it anymore really but they like they novel they made a novel of a film they made a novel of a film. Yeah, like they the film was uh, comes out and then like they pay some ghost writer to like turn the story into a novel. Oh right, I don't I don't know anything about that. There you go. And I had that. I never read it though, but I had it in my house for years and I used to look at the pictures. But anyway, yeah, okay. Well, we're going to have to rent Secret of These or just not rent it. Okay, and then I just saw a glimpse of this uh, a film that you love that everyone hates. Lady in the Water. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. M. Night Shyamalan Bing Bang. And everybody hates this movie, but I just thought it was a really good uh, story. And I always thought it was really good storytelling. I thought it was well acted. And I thought the typical M. Night Shyamalan um, twist was pretty good in it, actually. But everybody else seems to hate this movie. And I don't know why. That's sad. I, I just hate that director i think i hate the way he it's not even just that his stories often fall apart um i think they look i don't like the way he directs and they're ugly i I, i've seen good actors in the films like terrible in those in his stuff i just no no and i i i I, I didn't i can't really talk about that film because i didn't watch it the whole way through i think it was on when there was a few people in the room and i was talking so i didn't properly watch it but it didn't grab me anyway I think he has some good stuff. Obviously, The Sixth Sense. He has uh, The Village, I thought was quite good. It was an interesting concept. Um, his One of the more recent ones was The Happening, I think. And that was awful. Oh, The Happening was one of the worst films I've ever seen. It made no sense. It, it was the grass killing them. But that it wasn't suddenly like when we found out that twist, we were like, oh, no, this is crap. It was awful the whole way through. It was just so bad. Well, I think there were elements that were kind of suspenseful going through it, but I just think they made suicide comical. It was like weird to think someone lay down in front of his lawnmower or something. 
I can't remember that scene, but yeah, it was pretty awful. Yeah, terrible. Okay, so Lady in the Water is your film that you like that everyone hates, and what is the film that you hate that everyone loves? I'm gonna get hate mail because of this. I don't think anyone's listening. Nobody's listening right now. But if 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 in like five years we're still doing this and we have like a hundred million followers and downloads every week, and somebody comes back to the start and listens to this, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail. Lord of the Rings. Trilogy. I just did not enjoy it at all. I thought it was really boring. I just did not. I didn't get it. This is an interesting segue onto my list because on my top ten list, I put Lord of the Rings <laughs> because I love them. Uh, I put The Fellowship of the Ring, which is my favorite. That was that the first one. Yeah, that's the first one. That movie is just the is just Sam and uh, Frodo walking through fields for the entire thing they're just walking through fields nothing's going on it's really boring there's just landscape after landscape look at okay that. so frodo leaves with sam and then like a scene later is uh, mary and pippin catch up with them so i think you're talking about the last film that's more sam and frodo okay well they were all really boring see i'm a sucker for a quest film I love anything with a quest. Um, the new Planet of the Apes film I was really excited about halfway through because it seemed like it was going to be a quest film. And it wasn't really, it's not really good. But um, And I just love the first film because they, 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 they have the Legolas and Gimli and, 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 uh, and uh, Gandalf and then and the Hobbits and uh, Sean Penn and Aragon, obviously. And then they, that's the team, that's like the the Avengers assembled and then they go on this quest and then they, they and I actually although I like the other two films and I know there is still the quest of Sam and Frodo and and then McGollum I loved the first film so much because I just loved them going through the Mines of Moyer and I, I just think and if we're to go back to our list of score performance script and cinematography I don't think you can I think all four of them Lord of the Rings takes all four of them so I love them I love, I, it's not for you I can understand it's not for everyone but oh, it does it for me yeah, I also felt that, and I, it's not that I didn't give them a second chance because I watched them, obviously, I went all three in the cinema and I just didn't like them at the time. And then I said, okay, well, maybe I'm missing something. So maybe I'll look at them again and I'll give them a second chance and see if if I enjoy them. Because, you know, I, I like quest movies too. I enjoy, you know, like the last Harry Potter was really a quest movie. Um but I watched the direct. I think it was the director's cut of all of them, just to you know get the extra, <laughs> the extra little bit. Maybe maybe it was in the extra little bit that I was missing something. And I watched them all in a row. I watched. I stayed twelve hours, uh, well almost twelve hours, and watched them all. And after the last one was, I, I still didn't get it. I just was not enjoying them at all. Yeah, you stayed there for the whole twelve hours. I committed. <laughs> to giving them a second chance and i wanted to get that experience out of the way as quickly as possible <laughs> well i've never actually watched the, the um director's cut i've never watched it and then um, i actually bought my dad the blu-rays a few christmases ago and i only borrowed them last christmas um uh, and i didn't realize that i hadn't bought them the director's cut so i still have to watch that all right well will we move on to your list so well we, that's on my list that was my that was our segue Okay, so that's number one on your list? No, it's not. It's number 10, actually. But that mine is, list isn't in any order. Um, okay, so I had Lord of the Rings. The other one I had, Fellowship. The other, uh, the next one is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which I know of the original three, 
um, is usually the like least popular one. But I have a, yeah, I recorded on VHS or my parents' did when I was about five, and I just watched it over and over, and I just love it, and I love the adventure, and I know it's I love that there were I know it's I know it's like racist now, <laughs> and I know that everyone hates Winnie and Short Round, but I love the scene on the minecart, I love the scene on the bridge, I love the scene where they uh, they go to the palace, and I just love the whole thing. Is that the one where uh, they're in the sort of chamber and there's spikes coming out of the ceiling? Yes. And your one has to put her hand through this hole to like pull the lever and (laughs) release the spikes and then she gets all these bugs on her hand. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. And apparently, um, if I remember correctly, when they filmed that, they got all those insects and stuff and like loads of them escaped. And like, that's really bad for the local ecosystem to have couple of million insects <laughs> foreign invasive species i don't i'm not sure i heard that once on like I, I haven't done any research with this i didn't actually think they looked real i thought, I thought um, a lot of them were like not but there there would have been there would have for the scenes with them on the floor and stuff they would have been real yeah i also remember them serving monkey head soup yeah that's the that's the racist part <laughs> that was the racist part <laughs> yeah i don't think indians eat monkey brain soup no it was just a chilled monkey brain and then they gave Winnie soup um, and she was all happy that she had soup and then it turns out there was like eyeballs in the soup um, but yeah, I love it. Kalima that was that one as well yeah and Kate Capshaw who was Winnie um, didn't really make it as an actress uh, I don't think she had that many fans after that film but she why not I thought she was quite good in it. Well, I loved her but she's famously irritated irritating in it, and people just a lot of people can't stand her if you look online like nobody likes her she's the least favorite but um, i was gonna say bond girl indiana jones girl but i thought she had a lot of chemistry with um indy i thought marion in the first film was really tough and like really like uh, competent and i thought it was fun to put indy with a totally incompetent character um kate i don't know did you know this kate capshaw the actress um met steven spielberg when she made that film and married him and they're married now with a lot of kids i think they have like six or seven kids Oh, so she didn't really need an acting career after that. <laughs> no, she did not. <laughs> but um, I, still, I thought she was good. Um, so I would have liked to have seen her in other things. Okay, so what's on, uh, next on your list? Okay, the next one is uh, All About Eve. Oh, you've talked about this a lot and uh, I haven't actually seen this and it's on Netflix, so we need to watch it. Yes, we do, we do. I love All About Eve and I just think it's a fantastic script. I love Betty Davis and I think this is Betty Davis at her most Betty Davis. It's a really dramatic performance. It's Betty Davis at her most Betty Davis. Yeah, yeah. She's doing what she does best. Like, she's just totally, um, she's fantastic in it. She actually, um, the trivia about it, there's a lot of shouting and dramatic screaming, obviously, because it's Betty Davis' role. And she actually burst a blood vessel in her in her troth or maybe no maybe she did that before the film started so she just sounds a bit anyway yeah there you go um i love it it's a film i like it because like betty davis as a character she uh, you know she's it would have been really easy to make her an absolute bitch but she's not she's not she's a, she's she's a good she's like a, a warm character and she kind of takes to eve initially but she is kind of larger than life and she's a bit of a diva so when she starts initially turning against eve um, everyone else just assumes oh that's just Margot Channing that's her character's name that's just Margot Channing being Margot Channing and but actually Eve is, is, is kind of taking over her life bit by bit it was re- it was kind of remade a few years later to a less successful degree 
in uh, Showgirls. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's officially a remake, but the story. Showgirls is a fantastic movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a fantastically awful movie. It's enjoyable. I think we're going to do that quite earlier on. Actually, I think it's because it'll be fun. To, it's yeah, yeah. So that's anyway. That's my my all that evil be my number two. My number three is a horror film, uh, Ginger Snaps. From 2000. Have you seen Ginger Snaps? Yeah, we watched that together. Uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, not bad. Cheesy. And not very scary. But enjoyable movie. I wouldn't call it cheesy at all. I actually... I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, as a teenager. I think it's probably the best TV show of all time. And Nope. Um, it's up there anyway. Star Trek. Okay. Just saying. Uh, but I think Ginger Snaps is essentially a 90-minute episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer without Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, it's it, uh, Catherine Isabel and... Oh, I can't think of the Bridget something. Or Bridget's her character's name. I can't think of her name. Em- Emily? Anyway, it doesn't matter. They play two sisters, uh, Ginger and Bridget, and um, Ginger gets bitten by a werewolf. And it's just... No, it's not scary. It's It's just the same way the Buffy was never scary that it wasn't about that it was it was all about the metaphor like the werewolf is a metaphor for puberty um, and it's just great I just love it and I love the performances in it and I just think it's a it's a, a really good looking a really good yeah I just love it yeah okay what's next in your list next is Batman Returns oh that was going to be on my list actually I love Batman now, everyone usually when you think about the Tim Burton Batman films is Batman is the one that everyone talks about with Jack Nicholson as the Joker I prefer Batman Returns personally uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is probably the best yeah oh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman she's just um, she's just she's, it's a luminous performance and um, and Danny DeVito, I think that's his best performance that he's ever done. As, as he was fantastic as Penguin. He was a brilliant Penguin. It's quite. I'm. I'm. I love comics, and I I read a lot of Batman, and it's not really anything like Batman from the comics, which normally I'd be a bit of a a stickler for. But um, I think I feel like Tim Burton kind of did a good enough job creating a new world, and it was still comic. It had a kind of a fairy tale feel to it, as opposed to a comic book feel. And I just thought, yeah, I just think it's a great film. I, if there's any criticism, is that like Batman himself isn't particularly interesting in it. But I don't care because Catwoman and Penguin are so interesting. I had uh, Batman Returns the game on the Atari Lynx back in the early 90s when that first came out. My parents bought me an Atari Lynx, which for any of you who are listening to this and older than 15, uh, the Atari Lynx was a handheld game games console back in the early 90s which was fantastic because it had colour and um, I lent it to a guy in school, in primary school and he broke it or he just didn't want to give it back and told me he broke it that's terrible there you are What's next on your list? <laughs> uh, just, I just hijacked that entire segment for you. Just as an FYI, um, there's people older than 15 that may not know what the Atari is. <laughs> yes, okay. So whoever is younger than 30 probably won't know what the Atari Lynx is. And it didn't sell very well, so probably everybody else won't either. I knew the name, but I wouldn't have even recognized it now. Um, my next one, I'm going to my Disney Renaissance film now. And my one is a bit gayer than your one. Mine is The Little Mermaid which um was i just loved as a kid oh my god i loved the little mermaid i was like four when that came out 
and um uh, like everybody it wasn't that, like everybody in my class just like the little it was just such a big film we all pretty much had the vhs and we would like whenever i was in someone's house it was on and um, it was i think it was like it was the first film to start off the disney renaissance so i um even though there was other ones i think probably were bigger like like the, i think the lion king was bigger i think beauty and the beast was bigger i think the little mermaid was the first to kind of really propel the disney as uh, telling fairy tales again and telling musical and the songs, oh, the songs in The Little Mermaid. I, I love the music in The Lion King, but I think the music in The Little Mermaid is just that bit better. And I know that, like, <laughs> from a modern-day point of view, like, the message is really bad. Like, change yourself, get rid of your gifts, <laughs> you know, sacrifice everyone you know to be with a guy that you think is... You know. It's basically Greece, which we saw at the weekend. Yeah, it, it's kind of, yeah, oh, my God, it's kind of like Greece. Um, wow, yeah. <laughs> So it's a bit misogynistic, but um, back in the back in 1990, was it? Obviously, that was okay. Well, I don't want to. I don't mind misogynistic is the right word. It's just kind of giving a funny message. It was seen as groundbreaking, even from a feminist point of view, insofar as Ariel actually. And it, well, I'm conscious that we're two men talking about feminist views, but so yeah. But Ariel was active. She was the first active. Um, Disney princess insofar as she just didn't wait for the prince to come she went out and got him you know that's about all I can say (laughs) so in modern terms she was swiping right a lot (laughs) yeah Yeah. okay what uh, what's next on your list so my next one is I went for a modern superhero film I wanted to go for a Marvel film because I think that's one thing that the two of us really agree on I think I was thinking about going for Guardians of the Galaxy but I decided not to because I went for the Avengers and the reason I went for the Avengers um, I was a big into my comic books uh, as a kid growing up and I loved the X-Men film when it came out and I loved Spider-Man when it came out but in hindsight I don't think they really spoke that didn't really translate the the comic to the screen um the way the avengers did um and i just and now i actually can't even really watch the old x-men films i don't think they really have lasted very i don't think they've stood the test of time very well i think avengers is just a brilliant film joss whedon fantastic writer somehow there's so many characters but i feel like all of them get their get a good uh, screen time get good character developments and um, there's very it's very funny and um, brilliant action oh i just love the avengers and marvel have been really smart about how they've gone uh, about creating you know relaunching their whole brand into the movie uh, sphere i suppose um they've taken their time but it's really paid off and they've got really really well developed characters and you know movies which are stand independently by themselves but have then come collectively into this avengers universe i probably would have gone for guardians though i think they are the two guardian galaxies uh, are fun guardians of the galaxy movies are fantastic yeah i do they're yeah they are fantastic um brilliant films i suppose i had no relationship with those characters before the film but yeah no they're, they're brilliant films yeah i i was starting to when i saw dr strange dr strange is a fine comic book film but when i saw it i was starting to get a little bit fatigued with the formula and i was starting to go oh god are they going a bit stale I felt I had seen Doctor Strange before, um, but uh, so when I saw Guardians Two, I wasn't that excited because I was like, "Oh, have they gone con?" But I love Guardians Two, and then I loved Spider Man Homecoming. Joss Whedon, though, he's had a lot to do with that whole franchise, and he definitely has a formula which you can kind of see 
uh, running throughout the ones that he has done. And I don't know if they've kind of adopted that formula. Marvel, like the, the, the directors and the writers who have done other Marvel movies, if they've kind of adopted his formula or what the story is there? Mm, Joss Whedon did the two Avengers films, but he, that's it. I think Kevin Feige is more, no, I think Kevin Feige is the one to credit with the formula because he's the, he looks after Marvel as a whole. Joss Whedon, and Joss Whedon left, um, after Avengers 2 because Kevin Feige was kind of uh, insisting that you know the Avengers films had links to other films and stuff and I think Joss Whedon was more interested in um, just creating his, uh, you know, a good film in its own right um, and I actually think Kevin Feige I love Joss Whedon but I think Kevin Feige you know it, this empire is clearly working so I think Kevin Feige is onto something Joss Whedon now is working for the enemy he's in DC so it'll be interesting because I, I enjoy elements I loved Wonder Woman um, I think Suicide Squad was awful um, the other superhero films Man of Steel Batman vs Superman I didn't yeah, I don't think they're great I think they could be good and I think maybe it'll be interesting to see can Joss Whedon steer them that way it's interesting because it's a much darker universe than the Marvel universe yeah but Wonder Woman wasn't well, there was dark elements to it I didn't feel like it was real I thought there was, there was real there was heart it was, that was, Wonder Woman was the first DC film with heart um, even though there was, I mean, it was about World War One. There was some pretty gruesome, not gruesome, but some pretty bleak scenes in it. I think if they were, I think the tone in Wonder Woman, if they were to make the tone of the rest of the films a bit more like that, I think they'd be onto a winner. I think we're going to have a lot to say in uh, Comic Book Month. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a long one. So what's next on your list? Okay, the next one is Apocalypse Now, which was a film that you know. Oh, it's one of those films that you're like, oh, I've never seen it. It's meant to be great. Oh, yeah, I probably should see it. I like films. I should have seen, you know, Citizen Kane, Casablanca, Apocalypse Now. It's some film you have to see. So I, I just watched it. I don't particularly like war films. So I just kind of, it was on TV one night and I just watched it to, you know, be a good film fan. And I just loved it. I just thought it was, there was this uncomfortableness about it that I had never experienced in a film before. Like I was really uncomfortable, but you were meant to be uncomfortable. And there was this sense of foreboding and this sense of fear. And then the scene at the end then with Marlon Brando is just chilling. And that, I just, when I, after I saw the film, I, I read, uh, I saw the, the documentary about the making of the film. And then I found out that Marlon Brando was meant to have a totally different role and that he'd put on loads of weight. And they basically had to rewrite his entire <laughs> his entire role in the film to because it didn't suit the original script or something. So the fact that they wrote that in like, you know, a last minute and it was plagued with like bad weather and delays and I think nearly everyone had like a uh, nervous breakdown making it. So the fact that they still had this fantastic film, I, I actually haven't seen it in a few years. I really could do it watching it again. I actually did see it when I was much, much younger, but I can't remember it at all. Um, but I do remember the feeling, this bleak feeling while watching it that you're talking about. Um and that would kind of make me not want to see it again, but I think we probably should watch it again. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean. Like it's, it was almost like Requiem for a Dream. That I can't. I have this now sense of bleakness when I think of that movie, and I don't ever want to watch it again. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. I only saw six months ago uh, when Connor was away one night. And again, I whenever I see, come across a film that's you know well known that I haven't seen, I always w- watch it because you, I want to have watched films that are important. And I said, "Oh, Requiem! It's not a very long film. Requiem for a Dream. It's only like ninety minutes. Feels like a lifetime." Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, I just said, "Oh, I, I didn't know anything about the plot. For, I didn't know anything about it." Um, so I just sat down and watched it and. Holy Jesus. Oh, I think I had to call you. I was like, Connor, <laughs> I watched Requiem for a Dream on my own. I can't sleep. I think I'm traumatized. Tuesday in January. <laughs> um, uh, Ellen, Ellen Ber- I'm going to pronounce her surname wrong. Ellen Ber- Bergstein. Um, Bergstein. I actually think that's the best performance of any actor I've ever seen. And that- Did she win an Oscar? No, Julia Roberts won the Oscar that year for oh, Jesus Christ. Actually, she was pretty good. It was uh, Aaron Brockovich. And yeah, she was good in that role, but she wasn't. She was no Alan Bergstein. I'd say it, anyway. Anyway, but that's that's Requiem for a Dream. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Ha- okay, I understand. Yeah, they both have that uncomfortableness, but there's a. I don't think Apocalypse Now is as bleak, even though there is there is awful parts to it. I, it's more of this element of uncomfortable and fear and being afraid of being caught. And I also think the spoiler alert for Apocalypse Now. Yeah, the, I think the end. How an end film ends it often dictates how you feel when you're leaving and the end of apocalypse now like he does he leaves and with with um with the young lad who's i can't i, can't, I need to watch it again to know their names but they leave so i, I didn't feel i didn't the film didn't end with me feeling awful about the world yeah okay what's uh next on your list you must be coming up to 10 are you mm, this is number eight but then i've done 10 which is lord of the rings so i have two more um et i considered putting et on my list but um I don't really have as much of an affinity with that film as a lot of people do, and I don't know why. Oh, I just, E.T. It just just makes me cry. I can remember even watching it in primary school, like, and not in like like first or second class, like watching it when I was in like sixth class in primary school when I was about twelve, having watched it like a million times before, and having to consciously start daydreaming and not looking at it, like when it was coming up to when they were like using the. Um, the defibrillator on him because I was like I'm just gonna cry <laughs> it's and I think maybe because I love animals I absolutely I work with animals I've always loved animals and E.T. is not an animal I get that he's, he's, an he's an alien with the ability to traverse space in spacecraft but I feel like the bond between Elliot and E.T. is is it, it's a, it, it reminds me of the type of film you know a boy and his dog or a boy you know uh, you know the, really a boy and his dog I would have thought best friends yeah i know but it's, it's it's he's not his pet i know he's not his pet but the i, I maybe it's just that like every i just <laughs> it's not marley and me no but marley and me is, is, is no it, it just it the it strikes the same emotional chords as those films that you see with a with a boy and his dog i guess that's what i mean to say and um, except more maybe more so and i guess you know I've, i just was really jealous about it because <laughs> why didn't et visit me <laughs> And I bought a bicycle with a basket on it. No, I just and I went. I saw. I went on the rides in 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 uh, Disneyland when I was eleven, and Et said my name. And oh, I just love it. It just. I just think it's a beautiful film. I think it's just. Yeah, I just. I just not. It's just a great film. A great soundtrack. Um, that kid, whoever plays Elliot, oh, that's one of the best performances from a child actor I've ever seen. He's incredible. I don't know if he did anything ever. Uh, Drew Barrymore is very famous now, but. I don't know that he ever do anything again. He was really good. 
Did you know, and this is an in- in- interesting trivia bit about E.T., it is considered, E.T. the Extraterrestrial is considered the worst computer game of all time. I did know that, yes. And it's um, credited as being the beginning of the end for Atari, I think. Oh. So there you are. You're, one of your favorite films is the reason a whole company came to a, a halt. Yeah. So what's next on your list? And the next film uh, is Carrie, which I... The old one, I'm assuming. Yes, the 1978, 1979? 1978 ish. Yeah, I, anyway, the one with Sissy's Space Act. Um, I love it. I, I love Stephen King, a lot of his books, not all of his books, but a lot of his books. But um, I, act, I actually think this film is better than the book, even though the book's not bad. And I just love that it's essentially like a teen drama um, for like like the first 70 minutes. And then it just has this horror, horror ending. I know there's still supernatural elements throughout it. I think Sissy Space Act plays it brilliantly. I still, to this day, I'm, ne- I'm never quite sure whether or not... Um, is it Billy that she goes on the date with? Or is... No, Billy. Billy is John Travolta. What's, what's the guy she goes on the date with? Tommy Ross. Uh, I could still to this day I'm never quite sure has Tommy Ross fallen for Carrie I'm never quite sure I don't know if he fell for her but I think that he did see that she was a nice girl I think he was uh, a decent guy I don't think he had any ill will towards her and he kind of I think felt that he was doing something almost charitable um, which might be a bit patronising but I don't know if he fell for her yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because we're we're looking at that whole scene through her point of view, and it's, it's meant to be ambiguous because she probably is. She's certainly falling for him. And does he die? Yeah, he's in the spoiler alert. <laughs> it's from the seventies. I think we better say that if it's from if it's older than like two or three years, you're gonna get spoilers. I think we're just gonna say any film that we talk about, we're gonna we're critiquing films, so there's gonna be spoilers. So just if you, if you haven't seen the film, we'll put it on the website. Spoiler alert for everything. Yes, yes. Uh, tell me what. Yes, does he does. die? Yes, he does die. The The book that uh, after it empties the blood on her, it falls on his head um, and then she burns the building. So whether he wasn't killed by the book, he certainly died in the, in the fire. And she probably thought he was in an she But the blood goes on him. It goes on her. It goes on him, it splashes on him, and then the bucket falls on his head. I don't think she thought that. Oh. Well, like, it aimed at her. You might have gotten a few little splashes, but. Well, I, I, she hallucinates that nobody, everybody in the audience is, like, horrified, but she hallucinates that they're all laughing at her. So maybe she hallucinated that he was in, involved as well. But the scene, anyway, my favorite scene in that film is the scene where they're dancing, and there's this beautiful song. Um, that I found out later was written just for that film and every time I watch the film every time I watch the film I'm like oh maybe this time it won't end the way it has ended before or like I even like could they not have just made a few extra scenes just to have a happy end like a director's cut <laughs> yeah alternate ending maybe at the end like in the Marvel film there's an, an extra scene yeah um, Sissy Space Act was nominated for an Oscar for that which I think is interesting you'd never see a film like that yeah for a Stephen King film as well that would be unusual wouldn't it for a horror film 
Um, it would be unusual. But sure, well, Kathy Bates won the Oscar for Misery, so it has happened before. And um, I think Jodie Foster won an Oscar for um, Sons of Lambs, but yeah, her isn't typically. But even the caliber of her, like um, like certainly Chloe Chloe Moretz, is that the girl who was in the the remake, uh, that awful remake? really really didn't like that (laughs) I don't think think it was a movie that needed to be remade no it's just great the original is brilliant that may be a little bit of special effects needed here and there but the original doesn't need it and the original has a lot more heart a lot more heart anyway that's that's my that's my list so what is your uh, film that you like that nobody else likes the film that I like that no one else likes that no one else likes yeah oh okay this is the embarrassing one Um, it's Tank Girl (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I wreck see the thing is I know that this isn't a good film I know that but you don't care oh, but I enjoy it I enjoy it because I liked the comic and then I thought it's not it's nothing really like the comic I suppose that's not really good that's not really a good argument I just enjoy the stupidness of it I enjoy that Laurie Petty, I think Laurie Petty. She was in. She's in Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, she was the she was the whale tamer in Free Willy, and she was in Point Point Break as well. She looks a bit like Gwen Stefani, actually. Um, I think she's great in it. She just doesn't give a shit. She's just stupid. I think. I think she probably recognizes the type of movie yeah, it that, is. She knew exactly the type of film she was in. She knew, and she wasn't taking it seriously. Um, I love that the only one really taking it seriously is Ice Cube, who's dressed up as a kangaroo, and I just think that's hilarious. I I think it looks good. I think it looks pretty good. I think as a great soundtrack. I think I really I kind of got into Bjork, um, the singer Bjork. She she has a song in that that I loved, and I, I um, it was it started the career. Of, well, I don't know if it started the career, but <laughs> it was an early film with Naomi Watts. And she's great in it. I just think it's it's a fun film and I, I like that tank girl you know she was a superhero she was never over sexualized the camera never leered yeah she, she was a sexy character in it and stuff but she was never I felt like you know she the camera wasn't leering at her she, she didn't give a sh- there was no love interest she didn't give a shit about that I just thought it was a good film yeah I love it okay uh shocking and uh what is your film that everyone likes which you don't like and I can see your list, and I'm pretty surprised at this. Yeah, it's Slumdog Millionaire. Which I thought that was a great movie. I thought it had lots of heart. It was a great adventure story, and it was just a really interesting kind of take on um, on life in the slums. This guy has come from the slums. There's been, you know, he's been through a lot. He's had a lot of story, a lot of, a lot of life experience, and it's the reason then why he wins a million whatever dollars or whatever on uh, who wants to be a millionaire yeah I think a lot of this has got to do with expectations and that film was in the cinema a long time before I saw it and it was and I kept on hearing that it's a feel-good film of the year it's a feel-good film of the year and maybe I expected it just to be this kind of jolly kind of I'd seen the the scene of them doing the dance to the Pussycat Dolls song and I just expected it to be this kind of like this love story that had like amazing music and stuff. And when I saw it, oh, I don't know. I just thought there was this, I just there was this grimness to it that I wasn't expecting. Um, and I don't mind grim films, but maybe it's just I didn't go into it looking for that. I 
think Dev Patel is a really good comedy actor and I've enjoyed him in other things even though he can maybe a little bit irritating I didn't think he was good in that at all I thought what I thought he was brilliant in that he played it really really well no he didn't do it for me at all um wasn't he nominated for an Oscar I don't think so well the film I think definitely was uh for lots of different categories but maybe you're right maybe he wasn't uh nominated that year but like even if there was a that's why people were saying it was a feel-good film of the year because there was a bleakness about it it was about this person who had no money but um had gone on all these sort of little adventures and ends up winning lots of money and uh has now a fantastic life yeah to be honest i can't really remember it very well um because i saw it in the cinema and i haven't seen it since so i can't really kind of go into a, a real beat by beat and say why i didn't like it i just remember hearing so, and i actually love films um and books about india so they're uh so it would be on your top places to visit actually india wouldn't it yes it is yes so it, it, it could just be a case that I was really looking forward to it and I was thinking that this was going to be like my favourite film and it wasn't. And it's not so much that I think it's like a terrible film so much as that it wasn't... I was expecting a 10 and maybe it was a 7, but I was more disappointed than if I had gone, you know... When I, when I saw Tank Girl, I was expecting a 3 and I got a 5. <laughs> um I, I and I I'd need to see it again and I, I don't really have any interest to see it again. But um that's that would be five out of ten. Yes, five out of ten. Five out of five for Tank Girl, I hope. <laughs> no. So a few a few movies there both on my list and your list, which probably everybody has just turned off by now and we're talking to ourselves. But that's okay. Yeah, so I think that we can uh, wrap up there. And um, this has just been a kind of a once off introduction to us. We're gonna start now we're going to start recording our podcast we're thinking our first theme um is going to be cult films um c-u-l-t so yeah so thank you guys and if you give our facebook a like and we don't have a facebook yet but we will by the time we put this up because this is how we're going to share it so if you professional podcast professional podcast we're going to give our facebook a like and share it on Twitter, and if you could give us a review on iTunes, that would be great as well. A good review. If you did, if it's, if you don't like it, well then you probably wouldn't be listening. But just don't leave a bad review. If you leave a bad review, we're just going to delete it anyway. I don't think you can do that on iTunes. Well, then don't do that, please. We love you. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, guys. See you. Bye. bye.